0: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios,
1: this is the Press Box. Bitch-ass white boy, Tyler Bischoff. It was reported that the Cleveland Indians have decided to remove the term Indian from their name. And Adam Candy. Yet we're cool calling the only black people in Utah the Jazz. On ESPN Las Vegas. With Adam Hill.
0: Ed Graney is off today, and Adam Hill is filling in. Uh, Adam, did you go to sleep at all last night?
2: I mean, I went to bed.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so no sleeping happened. I
2: mean, around like oh, around well, yeah around 4:30, I was like, I should probably at least lay down. Okay. Um, late in bed, watched some YouTube videos as usual, and then I was like, <laughs> yeah, time to go. Let's go.
0: What time did you wake up the day before? Did you sleep during the day yesterday?
2: Yeah, a little bit. So, like, I didn't have, like, the, the UFC uh, press conference yesterday was until 3. Um, so I, I wrote most of the night yesterday. I slept, like, say, 6 a.m. until noon.
0: So you haven't been asleep since noon yesterday.
2: I mean, I, I may have do- dozed off for, like, 20 minutes here it was, as I was laying down for a couple hours, but now I'm good. I think I, I'm feeling – I'm feeling uh, – Energized, coming. You know, you stop. You get your Dutch Bros underway here, and you're ready to go. I think, uh, I think I'm more awake than I expected to be, and I'm good. I'm 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 ready to go. I don't think that's healthy. Probably not. Okay. Uh, that's probably fair to say. I think there's a lot of choices I make that are not the most <laughs> healthy. But yeah, I, I'm I'm uh I, you know I thought it, like when I first agreed to do this, I was like, man, how is this even going to be possible? But I'm in a much better position than I expected to be, so I'm good. I'm excited.
0: All right. Let's see if Adam makes it through three hours of his radio show this morning. (laughs)
1: 50-50. The First Bite. Okay. The First Bite is brought to you by the Findlay Kia text line. Text 69187 to give us your opinion on the following. Hold on. The Bite is brought to you by the text line? The text line is sponsoring the bite? No, we don't actually have a sponsor, but okay. I want people to text ah. Tyler right. and that. I think that the text line should contribute to the child. I appreciate that. I like that. Yeah. Like, so dude, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing some, I'm doing some jazz hands Okay, and don't look to the left cause I'm doing something. Anyway, <laughs> is the UCLA and USC move to the big 10 bad for college football?
0: Is it bad, Adam, or is it just a uh, change?
2: I mean, I think it's inevitable. It it, it was inevitable and it was it was going to happen. Um, I guess it's bad in that it accelerates what we all know is gonna happen of the complete splintering from <laughs> the rest of the NCAA of the power brokers and college football. Uh so yeah, it accelerates that process, so it's probably a bad thing. Um, it's also self inflicted wounds by the Pac twelve, who for God knows what reason decided a few months ago to be like, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're sticking where we are. We're not expanding. Like, okay, well, that means you're getting left behind. And everybody knew it at the time, apparently, except for Larry Scott and the rest of the Pac-12. And uh, they did this themselves. But, yeah, I guess it's inevitable, but a bad thing it happened this quickly.
0: I don't know that it's necessarily bad for college football. It's going to end up being bad. Whatever the end result here. If there ever is an end result, is gonna end up being bad for some teams. But as a whole, I don't think this hurts college football that much given where the sport's been for the last 10 years, last 20 years, maybe forever. Because it's not like like it's it's gonna be bad for the schools that get left behind. And there might be some power conference schools that end up getting left behind, right? Is Washington State yeah, are are these (laughs) programs gonna make it? Probably not but at the end of the day we're still going to have haves and have-nots just like we have now right it's just going to be maybe a slightly different ordering and whatever the end result is if it's a hey the SEC the Big 10 and whatever the ACC is in 5 years from now split off and do their own thing those are the haves and whoever gets left behind are the have-nots and yeah there's going to be some schools that thought they were in the haves category that get left behind but at the end of the day it's the same as where we are now, right? Five years ago, what what was UNLV doing in Division I college football? They were a have-not. They, for whatever reason, UNLV football was competing for the same national championship every year as Alabama and Clemson. That's stupid. Like, they're not even close to the same programs. They're not even operating anywhere close to the same budget. So... To me, it's not necessarily this crazy bad thing that we're breaking up the norms of college football. It's just a different realignment of sort of what we've been watching for my entire life and probably before that too.
2: Well, yes and no. It, but so I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying, except for there is that dream because you do compete for that same title, quote unquote, even if you don't. And you have, you know, we know that Boise State is now a have. Like, they're a, they're a have program. They're probably going to be brought along somehow uh, into when this all breaks up. They'll be in the top level and not the bottom level because they moved there. But that's because they made a move and got there. Like, th- there is that, you know, like that Amer- the American dream of, like, you can have this upward mobility – even though it never happens to anybody, <laughs> but like the, the dream is there, right? Like you've you've got you've got people who've never had a dollar in their bank account that are like, one day I'm gonna be rich, and like it is theoretically possible, just like it is in football to theoretically possibly move up. It just doesn't ever happen, but like it's that dream is gonna be gone because there is going to be like it, the NCAA is gonna be gone. There's gonna be the Big Ten, the SEC. Maybe room for one other conference that breaks away, and they they do their own thing, and they only play each other, and then schools like, you know, I, I want to say UNLV. I think there's hope that you know some rekindled Pac-12 brings them along p- potentially, but uh, it's it's not the most promising thing in the world, but. There, there's going to be a second level. So it's going to be basically Division 2, and then Division 2 becomes Division 3, and and so on. But like these schools are not going to be in the same classification anymore. And I guess it's a good thing that you can compete for a title, but you're not going to be one of the top-level schools anymore.
0: Do you think the Big Ten adds more? Like, yeah. you've got the, the ACC exists with a handful of teams that would definitely be in the have category and not the have-not category. You've got some teams left in the Pac-12 that would have some interest in that regards but like does the Big Ten go from 16 to 18 or 20 at any point
2: yeah I mean I, I would imagine um they, they either I'm, I'm sure they have a couple of different possible routes I mean one would be to go try to get Clemson and FSU although I'm sure the SEC will be fighting for them too and they make more ge- geographical sense but I'm sure that's going to be a pitch uh or then you try to add because there like there is concerns with this. I mean football it's great. But you know, your Olympic sports are all going to be traveling all the way across the country all the time. Like I think there might be all right, should we try to get Oregon and I don't know Washington? I mean is that is that the route to add a couple more western schools or I don't know. But I I do think they're going to try to expand their footprint even more, whether it's swinging for the, the fences to try to get the Clemson FSU or uh, or adding to like a West division to have a little bit more flexibility for your scheduling in the Olympic sports. I mean, I think one of the other path is going to happen,
0: whether it's the Big Ten or the SEC and they are picking off schools from the other conferences, Oregon, maybe Washington from the Pac-12, Clemson, Miami, Florida State from the ACC, North Carolina. Is that the sort of list of top six that they would want? Yeah,
2: I think that sounds right, and it's funny. Like I, I just I was joking about Kansas because I know a lot of Kansas fans for some reason, and I've been telling them for so long, like I love, like I'm obsessed with college basketball. It's my favorite sport. I love it, but it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. And a school like Kansas, who has this belief that they're you know one of the top one of the top you know athletic programs in the country, and how could they be left behind? Uh look out.
0: Yeah.
2: Like who wants them?
0: <laughs> the end result for Kansas has to be the Big East with football being independent or something. Yeah. Th- absolutely. Yeah. Go play basketball in the Big East
2: and be try to be relevant there. Although when you know when these schools do break off, like that, and that is a huge concern for me. Like I said, I'm a much more college basketball fan than college football fan. Like it, yeah, football is going to have this super, super level, and they're going to be playing for national titles and they'll be playing each other every week. And I think it'll be great matchups every week that'll be very intriguing. But what happens to basketball? Like, do those schools still get to continue to play top level basketball, or do they do their own tournament too? And now all these, you know, fun basketball programs are left behind to do their own thing. And then, you know, how relevant is that? Those are real concerns when you talk about, you know, the inevitability of football breaking off and, you know, having this, this super league, like what happens with basketball? I I don't know. I'm worried about it. I'm concerned about it, but I mean, it's also going to happen.
0: If there was a way to reset conference realignment to what it was, I don't know, 10 years ago and just have this break happen in football, would you be more pleased with that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be good. Like that'll basically work. everything else yeah. stays in place. The NCAA tournament yeah. stays in place, but like, Oh, the top, whatever, 50 college football programs. Yeah. They're going to go do their own thing and play for their own national championship.
2: Yeah. But also like, I mean, I, I like having the dream, you know, I like every year you start and you know, like you said, you would be competing for the same title as Alabama is a fun concept, mm-hmm. even though it's not, you know, actual, um, yeah, I, I I like that part of it. But yeah, if you could have guaranteed and locked those things in place, that would have been that would have been nice. But I think we've we've gone way down that, that path by now and it seems like that's not gonna happen. And like I said, the the Pac twelve and we you know, we talked about this and I'm sure you guys did on your show too, when when the Pac twelve was looking at all these other conferences, you know, being aggressive and expanding, and they come out with this, we're good where we are. Well, okay. I mean, and I know it's selfish because, every you know, there was a big thought that UNLV and San Diego State could be a part of that push. But when they said they're not expanding and they're staying where they were, they were just leaving themselves out there to be a carcass that's picked over. And that's what's happened.
0: All right. Which of these schools do you think is the luckiest college athletic department? And by lucky, it's basically if we started from scratch, these programs probably wouldn't be considered halves. Well, can, but-
2: I, can I make a guess before you even give a list?
0: But they are in the SEC in the gonna, Big Ten. Who, I was going to say, is your, Vanderbilt yes. is
2: the obvious answer. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what do you mean? Nashville, Tennessee, with they, they had a big market there.
1: Oh, uh, it's for great for, baseball team. Sure.
2: They do. I, listen, my cousin was uh, was a big part of a uh, college World Series run at Vanderbilt. Um, yeah, I think it's Vanderbilt is the answer, and it's very—I uh, don't know ironic's probably not the right word, but I was watching like a Jay Cutler podcast that's last night.
1: That's what it is. I which, knew Jay Cutler was coming. <laughs>
2: which I—I I mean, I listen. I love Jay Cutler.
1: You you do?
2: I do. Him doing a podcast is so bizarre. I I don't even know what the point of the podcast <laughs> is. He literally was like having a conversation last night just about you know, a lot of people moving to Nashville. I was like, this is the pot like this sounds like somebody just having a phone call. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> he-
0: Okay, uh, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, he's not married to Kristen Cavallari anymore, right? No,
2: he's single now. So I think he's uh,
0: he's he, on the prowl. He, that's why yeah, he's working. Uh, that's, is he's... that why he does a podcast so he can try to find some women? Probably. Well,
1: it's so that he can find a friend to sleep with their wife. Whoa! Jeez, Jared, Whoa! Whoa
0: what is
2: what? What
1: is wrong you? haven't with you? seen that story? Uh, no, I'm just. This is not a gossip show. Oh, okay. And it coming is coming up that's next. That's all it is. <laughs> Kevin Durant, we
0: gossip on where his next destination will be. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff
3: on ESPN Las Vegas with Adam Hill. Why is there a question mark on that?
2: I think it's perfect.
0: <laughs> Adam Hill is in today for Ed Graney, uh, who is off to go to a wedding. Uh, NBA free agency started yesterday, but the biggest news was... Uh, Nobody signing somewhere. It was (laughs) Kevin Durant requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. The reports are that his preferred destination is Phoenix. But given that he has multiple years left on his deal and no opt-outs, apparently, in his deal with Brooklyn, the Nets aren't exactly obligated to send him to where he wants to go. Uh, Do you think Durant ends up in Phoenix or is he going to get traded somewhere else?
2: I mean, it feels like it's headed that direction uh, because players do have that much power, which I I don't necessarily hate. I I like that the players have power now, but um, it will take a really good deal. Now, I think Phoenix probably believes they're in a position that they don't have to have the best deal, that they're just going to get him just by offering whatever. But, you know, when you see like the DeJounte Murray deal and you're like, okay, well, now what does that mean for what the Kevin Durant deal should look like? I mean, it's, it's got to be a really, really good offer. Now, If of course, if I'm the Nets, I'm saying right now it's Booker and that's where we're starting. Now, that's not going to happen, I don't think. I think that's part of why Durant wants to go there. But, I mean, you have to at least aim high if you're the Nets and asking for a, for a trade package. Like, this is an incredibly value, com- valuable commodity. And if you're the Nets, like, this was when you're supposed to compete. I mean, you finally have... Kyrie Irving, you think back in the mix to actually play games? This is this is the year you had circled. You make deals. You're setting yourself up. Like this is the year they were. As of like three weeks ago, they were the favorite to win next year. So you can't just throw them
0: away. I'm fascinated how the Nets approach this from a leverage standpoint because normally we see the players have the power uh, in the NBA more, at least more so than any other sport uh, here in the United States. But I'm curious how they approach it, because in they technically should have quite a bit of leverage over this situation because he's under contract with the Nets for multiple seasons. Like they could if they wanted to, they could say no. I mean, they could say we're not going to trade you now. Would Durant actually sit out? They could see if he would. But like they technically could do that. So they should have the leverage. But it seems like in the NBA, teams very rarely do. And it leads to a situation where, like, are they going to end up with DeAndre Ayton and, like, four first-round picks for Kevin Durant? That's going to seem ridiculous when DeJounte Murray just went for three first-round picks to a different team. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what exactly the Nets should do and what their goal should be because if you trade – like, if you made that trade and you get DeAndre Ayton and a bunch of picks, you go into next season with Kyrie Irving, who's probably leaving after this season – DeAndre Ayton, and Ben Simmons. And that's a weird mix of players. It's probably a playoff team in the East, but it's not likely a team that's winning the title. And I almost wonder if the Nets should go full-blown acquire assets for the future. Like, if you're going to trade Durant, get just who cares about DeAndre Ayton? Get as many assets for the future as possible. Like, I don't know if that's the best way to do it versus just trying to put together a semi-competitive team, which is what would happen if they got Ayton.
2: Well, at that point, don't you also have to tell Kyrie like we're trading you too?
0: Yeah. If you're going to keep... want him, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, wants. I'll take him.
0: Sure. I mean, somebody... he just tried to get a sign and trade, and nobody would do it. He can live with me. Uh, he, uh yes. I have a couch.
2: Well, we don't have a team in Vegas yet. I mean, if, we, if there was a team in Vegas, maybe he could be
1: traded here. No, no, he just can live with me. Okay,
2: well, that would be weird. I mean, that would be a great reality show, I feel like. Uh, What about, I mean, I was trying to come up with the best trade packages for Kevin Durant for where he could go. I mean, my ideal world, we're going three first-round picks, James Wiseman and Andrew Wiggins. That's good. That's really good. Back to the Warriors?
1: Yeah. I mean, would be funny. He wants to go to teams that win, right? He does does not want to work hard to win. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know.
0: Like the the other part of this, the whole trade thing is like, yeah, would Golden State give that up to get Kevin Durant, whatever. But like the idea there is Golden State's only going to do that. if They know Kevin Durant's going to play for them. But I absolutely love that. And I know um, Rob Perez on Twitter tweeted out the funniest place they could trade him would be Oklahoma City.
1: Oh sure. that'd yes! Be, that'd be great. That'd be amazing.
0: And you know the Thunder have every pick in the twenty twenty six NBA
1: draft, so they've
0: got enough picks to yeah. give. We'll uh, give you
1: three first rounders. We'll have seven left after that. Yeah. What if
0: they'd be perfectly fine?
2: What if, as part of the Warriors package, the the Nets also threw in Seth Curry?
0: <laughs> Seth Curry. <laughs> you get Seth and Steph
2: together, and Durant back with Seth, back with Steph and uh, Draymond. Like I think that would be fun.
0: Does Steph Curry want to play with his brother?
2: I think so. They uh, seem to look so. uh, yeah. I mean it would drag more of that family drama in. I know we're not doing gossip where I said it we weren't, but
1: Yeah, you, you decided the, that on your own on your own. With the yeah. with
2: the old Curry wife swap.
1: Is there
0: any <laughs> chance? I'm ignoring you. Okay. Is there any chance <laughs> that the 76ers end up with Kevin Durant? Okay.
2: <laughs> There's so many fun possibilities. I I feel like at this point, like we talked about the leverage that the Nets certainly have. We also have to realize that the Suns are kind of in a tough place now. If publicly, at least, it sounds like Durant has made it clear that's where he wants to go. And if the Suns can't find a way to get him, like aren't they just seen as completely botching this entire thing?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. If the Suns don't end up with Kevin Durant, their their fans should be furious right. at their front office.
2: So, the, I mean, there should be some pressure on them to make this deal happen. And I, I do think it's going to take quite a bit, but they can't just sit back and say, hey, we made an offer. Like, they have to go try to be aggressive and get him. They can't let somebody else take him away, especially if, if somehow he goes to the Western Conference and you don't get him.
0: Should have traded in the New Orleans for Zion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I... Like, I saw this tweet as I was driving. Not that I was reading tweets as I was driving this morning. Never. never uh, I thought I had to check who tweeted it out. I thought it was a joke.
0: Why? You wouldn't trade Zion for Kevin Durant? No,
2: I'm talking about Zion signing signing a, <laughs> a max extension this morning.
0: Oh, yeah. you. So, hold on, hold on. Who's... Who's that a joke for? Zion staying in New Orleans or the Pelicans actually thinking he's going to play?
2: I mean b- both. Like <laughs> Now, you, I I think we forget. I certainly do. How good he was for the very limited time uh-huh. that he played. Incredible. He was I loved, incredible. I, I loved the 40 he games we got out of Zion. My fantasy. I think games. it was like I think he was like 27.7 and a half rebounds.
0: Yeah, his his shot chart is one of the greatest things I've ever seen just but, the rim but
2: it was a yeah. very very limited amount of games
0: yeah it's a, it was you know like one college basketball season it was a lot was it like 60 games that he played <laughs> uh yeah i think it's 60 is the total he's played over 3 years
2: i guess everybody's just getting max deals now but this is also why bad teams stay bad part of me feels like if you're the pelicans you have to do it though I mean, you just roll the dice and hope that it works out for you because yeah, you're really like, crippling yourself for a while.
0: Yeah, but like, what's your if you're the Pelicans? What's your other alternative to winning an NBA title?
2: Well, I I don't know that this is. I think this is this is your ticket to like the play-in tournament.
0: You think that's all? That's as good as if if they had healthy Zion. You think that's as good as they are?
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what they were this year. Yeah. I th- I see I think the the upside for the Pelicans is they think they could build a title contender around Zion Williamson and I don't think they're crazy for thinking that now I think they might be crazy for thinking they're going to get 60 games in a regular season out of Zion Williamson plus the playoffs but I think if you're New Orleans like what other way do you have to get a potential star player the guy that could be the best player on a title team I think this is your best bet there's a there's 10, 12 teams in the league that are in that situation where they just don't have a legitimate chance to get a Kevin Durant. And so if they draft one, and even if it's a guy that, hey, he's hurt all of the time, you kind of have to go with whatever that guy has. And even if he, you sign him to a five-year max deal and he plays a total of 74 games in that five years, you kind of had to do it.
2: Well, I mean, the problem is I, I see Zion as more a Pippin than a Jordan.
0: Yeah, that's better than the Pelicans normally would do. Well, that get, means they it?
2: still have to go find a
1: Jordan. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it, build a good team they around the them. Pelicans. Have... I think Pippen is the the like that's Willy Wonka up in the elevator in the sky it's also, for them.
2: I mean, I'm also down on this because clearly, like, this means he's still going to be playing for them when they move to Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> you,
0: you wait, you don't like that Zion will be here?
2: Well. I mean, it's fine. We'll we'll get to watch him play twelve games a year. It'll be fun.
0: When they move to Vegas, he'll be Pippin for twelve games, and then Jordan will actually want to come to the franchise because they'll be in at Vegas. fifty-five That's years true. old, and LeBron will be the GM, and we'll see if he's actually good at that. So Bronny. Bronny,
2: Bronny, Bronny, and Zion together. Bronny and Zion. Bronny and I like, Zion. I like to that an team. NBA title. Yeah, yeah. I like All that right.
0: Team. Coming <laughs> up next, Ben Brown joins the show. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff with Adam Hill. Joining us now is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Good morning, Ben. How are you today? Good morning, guys. Happy 4th of July week and I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? We're good. Good this morning. All right, uh we've talked a lot about the wide receiver market in the nfl the washington commanders recently paid terry mclaurin and we've seen a good chunk of teams decide to pay big name wide receivers and a good chunk of teams decide to trade away wide receivers without paying them that big money uh which approach do you think is ultimately going to be
3: right i i honestly think that uh more so along the lines of what the chiefs have done if you have uh, you know, like a top five, top eight quarterback in the NFL. I do think that uh, in that particular scenario, with a with a quarterback that uh, is capable of kind of elevating the play of those around him, you don't necessarily need to play need to pay the star wide receiver uh, star type money. And I do think that's going to be the approach that we see with teams uh, that are, that are kind of set at wide receiver. Now, the Buffalo Bills uh, went out uh, and you know traded for Stephon Diggs. That worked out really well for them, but they still distribute the ball uh, in a manner in which they don't necessarily have an alpha number one type wide receiver on their roster with Josh Allen as well. So I do think that if you have the quarterback position set, uh, you maybe don't need to go top end wide receiver, at least pay them off of their rookie contract uh, in a lot of situations. Now uh, on the flip side of that, if you don't necessarily have that quarterback uh, things are going to be pretty dire. If you don't end up paying a guy uh, that is capable of separating uh, at the top of his route in a number of situations. So, um depending on the quarterback situation i think we're going to see it play out in different ways but i do think that if you have the quarterback uh set that i do think that moving away from that wide receiver does make a lot of sense from a team building perspective
2: just a- along those same lines like how much value do you see in the in the philosophy of paying those wide receivers when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal just to find out what your quarterback is right like hey we've given you all this investment do we commit to you long-term or we find out maybe we pay this receiver and you still can't make it work. Now we know we don't have anything in you.
3: Exactly. And I do think that's, you know, definitely the approach the Philadelphia Eagles are taking, right? Instead of, instead of trying to re-up, you know, with Jalen Hurts and kind of lock in that long-term deal with him in particular, uh, they went out and got a guy uh, that is going to help them answer that question. And if they can't win, uh, Passing the football downfield with AJ Brown, with Devontae Smith kind of taking that next step, uh, with Dallas Goedert as well, who is kind of you know this borderline top five type type tight end uh, at the NFL level, uh, then that kind of answers the question for Jalen Hurts, and I think that makes sense. The fact where they probably can't win with him uh, not on his rookie deal if they can end up winning this year, so uh, it does. Help them answer that question in a much more efficient way, in a much more effective way uh, than a team like the Chicago Bears, who you know have Justin Fields have a couple more years in order to kind of figure out if he is going to be the long term solution at quarterback, uh, but haven't necessarily put anything around him whatsoever uh, to at least help evaluate that sort of situation. So uh, I do definitely agree with that team building approach. I do think it is you know the best way of actually evaluating uh, these quarterbacks on this rookie deals and if they are actually worth. Uh, you know, giving that long-term extension to when it all, when it's all said and done.
0: I know you've told us before that you've got some bets on the Eagles, but if you're the Eagles, like, what what's the definition of success with Jalen Hurts this year? Like, how how good do they have to be? How far do they have to go in the postseason for them to say, yep, we can do it with this guy?
3: Yeah, definitely. I do think that, you know, uh, probably at least winning in the wildcard round obviously would be a step forward from what they did last year, but mm-hmm. I think not so much in how they even, you know, Perform in the playoffs. I do think it it, it comes down to uh, how effective are they and how efficient are they on offense from an EPA perspective in passing the football, right? And how and how you know how not necessarily. I'm not. I'm looking for the correct word here, but not necessarily like dumbed down. But how how much do they cater to Jalen Hurts in that particular offense? Is it going to be really you know a run run pass heavy option type thing? Is it going to be something where he is forced to throw the football downfield? Uh, and timing type routes and actually move the football through the air? Or is it going to be something where he's relied on a lot more with his legs? And I do think that uh, structuring the offense uh, in order for him to actually be able to and force to make those throws downfield is going to be uh, the step forward that they actually need to do. Because I do think long term, that's how they're going to win at the NFL. That's how they're going to be successful in getting to you know the conference championships Playing for the Super Bowl, those sorts of situations, they need Jalen Hurts to be a successful downfield passing quarterback. And I think structuring the offense around him and him actually taking a step forward and them actually being really good from an EPA per play perspective, especially throwing the football, uh, is going to be the correct evaluation for them and kind of answer that question as far as if he can be, you know, the long-term solution for him. Now, on the flip side of that, if they don't go that route from you know an offensive play-calling philosophy type standpoint where they do you know, rely kind of like they did on the latter half of the season, really run-heavy approach, allow him to kind of get in some of those rollout-type options where he does have that run-pass option with his legs. Those are going to be uh, the questions that they've been pushing further on into future years, and they're not necessarily going to have probably the correct evaluation of him and that answer to if he is kind of that long-term solution at quarterback. So I think structuring the offense, forcing him to make those throws downfield and seeing if he's actually capable of that, is going to be the way that they can actually answer that question correctly long term.
2: Those Eagles and the Las Vegas Raiders are back-to-back in a chart that you uh, kind of put together last week. Uh, I was trying to gleam uh, quite a bit from this uh, uh, power ranking chart that you had that took market-implied probability along with Super Bowl odds. So you're kind of bouncing the market as well as the different uh, sites, the 538, the ESPN, FPI, the NFL.com, the Football Outsiders rankings, uh, and kind of putting together this chart. I, I guess what, what would you suggest that people can use for this and... And I thought it was interesting that the Raiders market has them around 11th, but most of the other numbers have a much lower. The Eagles are down at 19th, according to the market, but the rest of the numbers are higher. Uh, so I guess the, the market is lower on the Eagles than some of the other sites, and the market is higher on the Raiders than some of the other sites.
3: Yeah, definitely. I do think that, you know, if you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, like from a power rankings perspective, they are a good football team. They are, you know, a borderline top 10 team in the NFL. The problem is, as you look at, you know, their strength of schedule, you look at the division and those things around them, and you, you, you see that, you know, they have the, one of the most difficult uh, schedules coming up here in 2022, and it's a little bit of, you know, alteration for them more than anything else. They are a really good football team, but they have these games back-to-back-to-back to back to back, uh, where it is really difficult week in and week out for them to perform at that high level. Uh, Without really any cupcake type matchups coming up here for them in 2022. So I do think that's why you see, you know, their market implied power rankings are really strong, but maybe they uh, get dinged a little bit just based on their opponent's strength more so than anything else. But uh, I think they are, you know, capable of finishing uh, as a top 10 team in the NFL. It's just going to be really difficult with how their schedule is set up uh, for them to actually do that. So I do think that's why you see them, you know, like their Super Bowl odds, for example. Uh, bottom half of the NFL, 17th overall right now, uh, mainly because uh, their path to get into that Super Bowl is probably one of the most difficult in the NFL, and I do think that's probably the reason why uh, a lot of people are lower on the Raiders than what the market is right now
0: we've seen the NFL's hearing with Deshaun Watson is over. We've had reports that the NFL wants an indefinite suspension with a minimum of one year. Deshaun Watson's team apparently asked for zero games. There was also a report that the NFL would accept somewhere between six and eight. If you were putting a number on it, what would your over under be on games Deshaun Watson is suspended for? (laughs)
3: Yeah, I think walking into the the offseason, I would have said eight games seemed like, you know, kind of the perfect number from if you were trying to wager, you know, an over and under and try and get two-sided action on. I do think, you know, with some more cases coming out, uh, things kind of uh, not necessarily moving worse, but I do think the public sentiment has kind of moved more towards this one-year suspension. So I would personally be surprised if we see Deshaun Watson suit up at all in 2022. I'm not sure if that's going to be because he's on the commissioner's exempt list. Or because he actually is dealing with that suspension here, um, but I think that you know one year seems to be probably the correct public sentiment. I do think that's probably the best approach uh, from all sides right now, and I think that's you know from a betting perspective uh, probably the correct line to take right now.
2: If I told you Baker Mayfield was going to start seventeen games for the Browns this year, what would you do with their future numbers in terms of over under win yeah, loss? I mean, yeah,
3: I think you know, and I think uh, I was. Kind of laughed at for su- suggesting that earlier on in the offseason we could still see Baker Mayfield play for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, that's moving more so and uh, maybe a, a possible remedy to their situation right now. If Deshaun Watson sits out a year, um, I think they're clearly the, you know the third best team still in the AFC North, and with Baker Mayfield that quarterback, eight and a half uh, game win total, I do think is probably pretty accurate. I think they were at like nine and a half with you know some understanding of. You know Deshaun watson being suspended maybe not for the full season but maybe more in that six to eight game range so i think you know a full win down from that down to eight and a half or eight uh for the win total with baker mayfield at quarterback probably is uh where we're going to end up seeing the market land at when it's all said and done
0: well he is ben brown from pro football focus ben as always we appreciate it
3: thanks guys have a great show
0: so there was been brown from pro football focus Coming up next, we're going to stick here with the NFL because are the Eagles actually going to give Jalen Hurts a big contract extension?
3: Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the press
1: box with Grainy and Bischoff with Adam Hill. Tyler's muted. No, so
2: it's. I mean, if this is if this is on us, I know where we're going. So. Okay,
1: yeah, let's do it.
2: What what are we doing? So, I mean, if this was another show that I do here, I would have already derailed it with the tweet of the morning. And I'd, I'll just get right to it. I mean, John Simpson of our beloved Las Vegas Raiders tweeted out, reheated hibachi go to crazy. He reheated? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I say that's facts. For sure. Reheat hibachi, game changer. Here's the problem it's 7 (laughs) a.m. I mean, I hope, like, I hope there's not shrimp. You can't do shrimp for breakfast. Now, I would imagine John is back home in South Carolina. So I
1: guess it's more 10 a.m. Still, all right. I guess an early lunch that. No, that's that's still uh, breakfast. Okay. Yeah, uh, reheated seafood. I don't know if I've ever had that work We don't left. know that he had the shrimp. Maybe he just went chicken and steak. I don't know. Tyler but, Tyler finally unmuted okay. himself. So, uh, Who's eating reheated hibachi? Okay, jo- there we John go.
2: John Simpson for breakfast. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, Re- reheated hibachi is awesome. It's great. I'm, I'm not the only one I'm not against
0: this for breakfast.
2: Okay. Okay, but the reheated part is the... Well, like, you're just throwing it in the microwave. I mean, that, that's what you do. What would what, what you do, you eat it cold? You're going to eat cold, like fried rice and chicken?
1: I mean, that's fair, but at the same time, I just have to imagine the microwave adds a certain element of, like, this This, no. this is about to get greasy.
2: First of all, the microwave is the greatest thing. All right. It. It's not going <laughs> to... It does no wrong.
1: I, I all right. I, I will not challenge you with in in. microwave. I don't know. Like like I said. I'm I'm the idiot that also air, re-air fries my McDonald's uh <laughs> okay. fries. So. Well, so does
2: so does Cofield, I think. Oh uh, God, don't tell me that. Yeah, I just I'm all for reheating hibachi. I just think the <laughs> the set, the breakfast thing is it's a little much. I have no problem
0: with fried rice for breakfast. Okay. And the key here to avoid Jared's little problem when you go to hibachi, you get shrimp and chicken. You eat all of the shrimp at the restaurant and take home most of the chicken.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, the shrimp you have to get tossed in your mouth anyway, right? I mean, that's the, <laughs> the that's the thing.
0: Well, you can order shrimp like as one of your meats as well. Okay, which yeah, is what true. I do. True. Yeah. I think you go all You eat it. all the shrimp at the restaurant Th- and yeah. you eat you bring the chicken
1: home. This is the, so every once in a while we discover something about Tyler. Tyler liking hibachi is one of those things, oh, I can like,
2: definitely see Tyler like clapping when they do the
1: little volcano. Oh, yep, yeah, no, yeah. all right, that's pretty for good for sure.
3: This, this,
1: and finding hibachi out that he brings NDAs to get his massages <laughs> is, is like for sure.
0: I have two hibachi things for you. One, hibachi in Mississippi is better than hibachi in <laughs> Stop Las Vegas. Vegas. I mean, that's a ridiculous, it's, it's not even the portion sizes are bigger in Mississippi. The, the, and, oh,
1: oh, but the and man, portion sizes, the shrimp is covered in oil. And every hibachi
0: restaurant in Mississippi has pink sauce. There is only one hibachi restaurant in Las Vegas that I found that has pink sauce.
1: Is pink sauce yum yum sauce?
0: uh, No, I've discovered it is not the same thing here. Not at all. I don't know what the hell these people think yum yum sauce is, but it's not the same thing. I'm on it. Pink sauce, it's delicious. There's even like a fast food hibachi place in Mississippi that's better than most hibachi restaurants here in Las Vegas because they have pink sauce but first of all there's an amazing
2: hibachi truck here so settle down
0: yeah it's probably like 14 dollars. it's ridiculous in (laughs) mississippi you get a whole a whole to-go box of fried rice with whatever meat you want for like five dollars and fifty cents second the last time i fainted was eating hibachi (laughs) okay are you you blaming the hibachi uh no no it's me it's a me problem not I, a, not the hibachi problem yeah, okay, okay.
1: Uh, did I know this because I thought I was present the last time that you fainted
0: no that was this I fainted three times that oh, was number two right. when when was at okay. the holiday party yeah I saw number one. three was at a hibachi restaurant
2: yeah I don't I don't blame the hibachi for that though also <laughs> no, no I, I don't either.
1: <laughs> I don't he just got too excited man I got
2: it I got it I don't I don't think I would go to hibachi and like I wouldn't go to sushi in Mississippi. So I'm not going to hibachi. Yeah, that's
1: fair.
0: That's fair. I mean, Mississippi's closer to the water than Nevada is, but what you got like
2: fair. is it like Bubba trying to cook hibachi? Like some southern dude?
0: There are Asian people in I don't, Mississippi. I don't, nobody oh. believes that.
1: All right, so one of my favorite uh one of my favorite things is during the Vietnam War, we took a bunch of refugees from Vietnam. And they all wound up in like the Midwest. And so, if you want really good Vietnamese food, go to like Joplin, Missouri.
2: <laughs> Nobody believes this either. This is insane. Uh, and it, I also, no, it's crazy, but am, it's true. I am picturing just some some goofy redneck trying to cook hibachi and like make the volcano thing. And <laughs> Tyler's just like, yeah, this is great." Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hibachi in Mississippi. I'm
0: sorry. Get it, you Billy should. Bob. Okay. You should. But okay. the problem is is the last time I fainted, it was sort of at the end of the meal and I had had some of my fried rice, pretty much all my chicken saved, ready to go home, and when I fainted, I went face first into my plate and Ooh. spilled it all over the place. So I didn't even get leftover hibachi mm. after I fainted. That's, a, oh. that's a,
2: that, that would have crushed John Simpson who says reheated hibachi go too crazy with yeah. an exclamation mark. I uh, agree. Yeah, I'm uh, okay. I mean that that is that's a bad beat,
0: I feel <laughs> like. It was I fainted and I didn't get my
1: leftover hibachi. At Ridiculous. least he didn't hit the like flat top.
2: I I don't want to I can't give away who it is cuz some people know who it is. Um I had a birthday party at a hibachi restaurant a couple years ago and one of my friends was so intoxicated that he got in a fight with the hibachi chef
1: you could just say my name no, i'm, it's not I'm you. sitting right here uh, that's like a bad idea the
2: guy just stopped cooking in the middle of the meal and said right? i get
1: off at 11 be outside
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
2: he had a giant knife i was like yeah, this isn't good
0: <laughs> what did he do to the hibachi chef
2: <laughs> oh it was he was just i mean he was just har- harassing him and t- it was the hibachi chef was completely in the right i mean we spent the entire meal trying to tell our friend to shut the hell up uh, it was it was ugly. But yeah, it was I've never seen something like that happen. And I would never get in a fight with a guy that had a giant knife like that.
0: Wait, so did he he stopped making all your food?
2: Yeah. And then well then they had somebody just cook it in the back and then bring it out.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I would have just not given you any food. <laughs> he
2: leave. was completely within his right to do that.
0: Yeah. I was just being like, "Nope, you guys don't get any <laughs> food today. You can sit here as long as you want until 11, but you don't get any <laughs> food." That's great. I can't. I can't imagine what you'd have to say to a hibachi chef <laughs> to make them quit cooking. Yeah, those are really... the nicest people I've ever seen.
2: Well, it got ugly quick.
0: Adam, go to Mississippi. Go to an go to an Ole Miss football game and go eat hibachi. Those are the two things you need to do. Okay. The two things Mississippi does better than Vegas: hibachi food and college football.
2: I mean, I'll trust you on one.
0: I'll let yeah, you pick hibachi, which one. Yes. Yeah, the baji. Yeah. I wouldn't trust me on the college football part. It's kind of ridiculous there. They don't care about the actual football. They just want to drink before the game, which usually better.